What's up and welcome into the Around the SEC podcast done by myself, Jack Schenkel, and today I am joined by Will, who is coming in on an absolute high. Obviously, myself and Pat are at the bottom of a footprint. Obviously, we'll be talking about those three epic games uh, from one side, obviously not the other, as well as the rest that went on this weekend, and we will also be talking about this upcoming weekend, which has a lot of great games in store. Let's talk some lines. Let's talk some dimes. Let's get into it. Also, just before we go go to start, we're also going through power rankings, betting lines, and a lot more. So, let's get into it. All right. Jumping in, like Will said, we are going to be starting with power rankings. The official Around the SEC power ranking done by us around the SEC. Of course. Uh, yeah. So... Just to give you just give you a look into how we did this, each of us sent each other a list of our personal power rankings. We then took the numbers, one through fourteen that each team ranked, averaged them out, and this is the list that we got. This is how we're gonna be doing the power rankings every week until the season is over. And probably then some just because we can. Let's start off with last. Number fourteen. Unanimously was Vandy. Makes sense here. I don't, I, makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, we all kind of agreed on this one. Vanderbilt's cheeks moving on. Next up was number 13. Again, no surprise here. And a unanimous vote, South Carolina. I think some could say here um, you could switch with the teams right behind it, or I assume would be right in front of it. I, haven't, I, I don't actually know the average rankings here, but... I think we, yeah, South Carolina 13 makes sense. They haven't beat anybody yet. Number 12, again, a unanimous vote, Missouri. Yeah, and again, this one kind of makes sense after just getting thrashed this week and just not looking good. Again, another unanimous vote, 11, Texas A&M, and who would have thought at the beginning of the season, the Texas A&M would be 11. Yeah. What, what, what do y'all – let's pause here for a second because what do y'all think about this? Coming into the year, you're thinking Texas A&M 2, 3, maybe even 1, and, man, what that shows the importance of a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's undisputable the fact that Texas A&M looks like a lost child trying to play football right now. So, I mean, uh, it, it's just – it's it's – it's sad because you hate it. Because I actually was pulling for Texas A&M to be the upset uh, team this year uh, to make it to the college football playoffs, especially on a redemption arc after last season. Sucks to see them fall this hard this fast. They'll get a quarterback, and I think they'll be fine next year. But, yeah, Pat, what do you think? It, it's kind of hard for me because I, I thought they were easily in the top four team in the SEC. Um, like you said, importance of quarterback uh, – Jimbo needs to just rally the troops, try to salvage the season yeah. at this point. Definitely wasting a great defense, which is sad. But all right, who, who's number 10? Number 10, and this is the last one that was entirely unanimous, Mississippi State. I think this can be argued against, obviously, a big win. I don't know about a big win because they're below them, but Mississippi State over Texas A&M. If some if someone wants to have them eight or nine, I'm not going to totally argue against. I think this is where it starts to get a little bit um, decisive. But again, we were unanimous, so I guess that says something. Now this is where again it gets really close. Uh, Tennessee is at nine. 
Boo. Oh, see, yeah, I was the one that differed here. I think Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee at eight. And who and who who do y'all have at eight? I'm just making sure. That would be LSU. Okay. See, I have Tennessee and LSU and this, flipped. This was this was separated by point three. Yeah. So I mean. So. I'm not going to hate on this. I think Tennessee obviously still has a lot to prove. I don't think one blowout win versus Missouri's. Uh, if, if you want to put them at nine, I'm not going to argue that. It is what it is. And obviously that gives up uh, LSU at number eight, a team that seems to be – my thing is LSU seems to be on the way down. Tennessee is ascending, which I guess is hard not to with a new coach. That's the only reason I had Tennessee above LSU. But, yeah, what do you all think? Um, I think LSU may I, – I agree, Tennessee may be going up on an upward trend, but right now, um, I mean, that Mizzou defense is probably worse than Ole Miss's. So yeah, I'm no, that might only going to take a grain of salt. Yeah, I agree. All right, who's number seven? Number seven will be the Auburn Tigers. I, I don't think – I think this is – I'll let y'all talk about this one. I think Auburn uh, showed some grit in this last game, and I'm, I'm very impressed with how they played. But I think any higher is too high, and any lower would be too low. That's a, it, this one was actually also unanimous. I forgot to. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly what I think. Like, literally, seven is perfect for Auburn because they're definitely not better than any of the teams above them that we're going to go over. But it seems like they're quite clearly better than the teams below them. I guess, again, you can maybe argue – you can't argue LSU because they just beat them, but maybe Tennessee for Tennessee fans like me. So, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. I, I think Auburn's definitely probably they're, – they're the most volatile team in the SEC. They can be world beaters one week, and then they can almost lose to Georgia State the other week. So, yeah. Uh, I feel I feel you there. Well, again, I think they almost – I don't take much stock into the Georgia State game simply because I think they overlooked them. But, yeah, on to number six. Who we got? Arkansas. Oh. See, I, I had Arkansas at number five. Arkansas so just barely fell to six, and it was only because the top, uh, the top five were – well, not all the top five. I'll say the top four were so solid so, – like solidly where they are, it's – yeah, yeah. Was, I had they they kind of fell to six. I'll, I'll just we each ranked them six, five, and five. Yeah, but so I I have Kentucky at six, so that that's that was my difference. Yeah. All right, who who we got number five? Number five is going to be Florida. Um, actually, believe it or not, the rankings for these two teams the when we did the averaging out came out to the exact same number. So we gave it to Kentucky naturally because. Well, they won the game, so that would mean that Kentucky is on a different path than Florida. Yeah, uh, I, I so I'll just explain myself here. I have Kentucky at six, Florida at three, and you think, well, Kentucky just beat Florida. I still think Florida may be a better team, and honestly, if you look at the stats, I feel like they were. And it's just some breaks go a certain way. I don't. I think if they play the game, Florida might win, but at the end of the day, obviously, Kentucky won. And with their offense just looking so bad, I don't know. I'm 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 still not sold on Kentucky, even though they are five and zero. But yeah, which number are we at? Are we number four or? Yeah, we're at number four, so we're moving on to number three, and this is where it. Uh, 
the, the gap between three and then one and two was rather large. So. Yeah, naturally, naturally. Three is Ole Miss. Okay. See, I had Ole Miss at four. I, I, obviously, you, I, I look at the Florida-Alabama game and then the Ole Miss-Alabama game, which aren't even really comparable. So that's that's my reasoning. But uh, obviously, Pat probably putting Ole Miss at one probably skews that. Uh, no, I actually had Ole Miss at three. <laughs> I'm just fine. It was Ole Miss 3-4-3. Three, three. And so the reason I kept Ole Miss at three personally was solely because I feel like Ole Miss – Kind of laid an egg. Um, I still think they have an, an immense amount of potential with that team, and I don't. I don't know. I think time will tell. Like what, like how bad that loss really was. Like was it just an, like was it just a bad game for Ole Miss, or was it just a great game for um, Alabama? See, I'm the but, same. I'm the same exact way, just with Florida. So I, I think, and honestly, the week before, if you gave me this the week before it, I would actually give it to Ole Miss. So it, it, this past week, even though Florida lost and Ole Miss lost, I'm giving Florida a mulligan on this one. Had mulligan get it, but that's all right. Moving on to the top two, I don't think this is any secret to anybody. I think we both have Georgia at two, which is unanimous or no? No, that's not unanimous because Pat put them at one. I was actually tempted to put them at one. Because I still do think... Why? Because you witnessed it firsthand? Best team in the country. Hands down. But... I think you just witnessed it firsthand. Ole Miss had a higher quality... Or no, not Ole Miss. Jordan... No, my gosh. Alabama had a higher quality win. Sorry, everyone. Yes. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So, it looks like we have Georgia 2, then Alabama 1. That's shocking to basically nobody. Uh, I think 1 or 2, honestly, like you said, are pretty interchangeable. It... Kind of makes sense for both of them to be up there, but it's almost like it should be a 1A, 1B, and it's uh, it's a little sad that we're not even halfway through the college season, and we pretty much know who's going to be in the championship game. Yeah, these two teams are separated by... Uh, I mean, the only way I know how to describe it's a racing term, and no one's going to understand that, so yeah. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready? All right, so that concludes our power rankings. Uh, tell us what you think. Obviously, if you disagree or agree, let us know, and we'll talk about that in the podcast. Uh, are we ready to move on to team news? I think we are ready to move on to team news. All right, let's move on to Alabama. All right, let's jump right into it to one of the – well, I'm just going to say it. I did not see this game coming, or at least coming the way that it did. Most lopsided games of the week, second only, or no, third mm. – I don't know. Third, probably only to uh, Georgia, Arkansas, and Tennessee, Mizzou. Go balls. Alabama, Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, this was. I'll, I'll let you start, but this was definitely an unexpected outcome. I think we all actually three, all three of us predicted an Ole Miss win, which is just embarrassing. I think, yeah, um, I think we were all riding high on Ole Miss for good reason. But we'll start off by talking about this five and zero Alabama team. Remaining at number one in the AP poll, which everybody hates to or loves to hate. Let's talk about this game. Like uh, like we said, Bryce Young starting off 20 of 26, 241 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, but the biggest line of the day would probably be Alabama's running attack in the red zone uh, by Robinson Jr. Four touchdowns on 36 carries and 171 yards 
food. Any comments about that off the gun? Ole Miss's defense had no answer for Alabama, which was shocking because I, I thought Ole Miss's defense had actually started to look better. See, the uh, the defense, they still came out in that uh, three two six look, um, and they never made the correct adjustments. Never. Uh, if you really watch the game, it was the same, like, five or six running plays uh, that Alabama kept running, and uh, they never made those key adjustments. Uh, so, yeah, I was wa- Alabama took advantage of that. I was watching the game with Ray in Tuscaloosa. We were at the game, and I just asked him, because he's the Ole Miss fan. I just leaned over to him and say, do you all run a three three five? He said, yeah. I said, maybe you should change that, because – or at least in this game, because it's while it's been working for Ole Miss, it was clear that Ole Miss was getting no pressure. I mean, they weren't getting any pressure on Bryce Young. They obviously had no answer for the tackles. Like, they needed to go to, like, a 4-3 or something for the game. I know that's tough, but you got to put – you got to do something else besides what they were doing because it was just Bryce Young had all day. And the running attack, the and holes were wide. And you look at it vice versa, what Alabama's defense did with Ole Miss – like, they were putting pressure on Matt Corral. Like, they never got comfortable. They couldn't run the ball. That's how you run the defense right yeah. there. I feel, like, I feel like the meme, Lane Kiffin, saying, get your popcorn ready and throwing it down. I feel like Nick Saban saw that and did the Michael Jordan, and that's when and that's when I took it personally or something like whatever Whatever it is. I forgot what it is. But, yeah, he, talk about Lane Kiffin there. Oh, my goodness. But, Jack, what do you think? Well, um, I – Man, I think personally, um, we're still talking about Alabama side, right? Uh, yeah, well, you can talk about it either, but yeah. Okay, I, the, I that's what I thought, but I y'all said something about Lane Kiffin, and it really threw me off. I apologize, but talking about Alabama, like I said previously, it just looked like Alabama was more prepared for this game. Um, obviously. I said earlier, I'm not sure what happened, whether Alabama had a great game or Ole Miss had a bad one, because I do think Ole Miss is of the caliber this season to beat Alabama. But obviously, I was wrong to some degree. Maybe Lane Kiffin isn't quite there as a coach, uh, or isn't he isn't in a place where we thought he was, but there is no question that Nick Saban is the best of all time at least in terms of college, and it is hard to dispute that, especially after handling uh, Ole Miss. I I feel like that was a sure thing before this game, but yeah. Huh? I'm pretty sure that was a sure thing before this game, but, you know. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) But what I was going to say was, and I think this game really shows, uh, along with the game we'll cover next, obviously, but this game really does show that that gap between one and two and everybody else is just absolutely gaping. I don't know. I just want to hear what y'all's uh, thoughts on that little bit, a bit are before uh, we move on to Ole Miss. On Ole Miss the, our thoughts on the gap? Yeah. I mean, it's big. It sucks that it's big because it feels like we, it's, we're it's five weeks into the season and we know who's going to be in the national championship game. It kind of sucks. But, Pat, what do you think? I, I'm the same way. It's you know I I was hoping for some big upsets this past weekend. Uh, I mean the talent gap is closing a little bit, but it's still I mean 
it's, Georgia. The talent gap's only closing because I feel like those teams can't get any more talented. Not because, like, they're getting worse. But, I mean, it's it's still just a wide margin that everybody else has to catch up to. Yeah. Anything else for Alabama, on the Alabama side? Um, I'm done with Alabama if you are. All right, let's move on to the Ole Miss side of this game. All right, well, um, just starting off, um, no surprise here, Alabama kind of exposed Ole Miss's offense a little bit. Um, definitely kept Matt Corral under wraps. Matt Corral by no means had a bad game, 21-29 passing, 213 yards and a touchdown. But it just kind of felt like everything downfield was taken away, and it didn't – I want to say the longest pass of the game – Felt like it was no more than ten yards downfield, but um, I guess it was in the forties because they did have one big play, didn't they? Yeah, uh, threw it to the tight end for a forty-two yard gain. But other than that, that's what I'm saying. I, I think the next closest one was like eighteen or thirteen. I can't remember exactly what the number was. I'd have to be looking at it right now to uh, be able to know that for a fact. But I can assure you that. All, Ole Miss just didn't have – they weren't allowed to play their football on offense. And to be honest with you, it didn't change my opinion on Matt Corral uh, in, as it pertains to this game. I still think Matt Corral is by far the most in-control quarterback in the SEC, if not the country. Um, even though the offense was floundering, he looked very much in control. Yeah. Um, I don't care what anybody said. I've watched this game yeah. you know, in its entirety, and there was a, no point where I thought – Matt Corral was unimpressive. I don't know. I thought Matt Corral kind of got punked. I don't really hold it against him. Uh, I think his Heisman hopes are definitely gone. I would love to see the odds on that. But, yeah. Uh, let, let's be honest here. And I don't really hold this against Ole Miss. It's Nick Saban. But Lane Kiffin got pantsed on national television. This was just I – mean, it was it was not good. It was never close. The, the final score is way – it's way better than it really was in the stadium. It was just total domination. As a as a rooting Ole Miss fan at the moment, it was not – I had a fun time, but I didn't have a fun time, if you know what I'm saying. You had a fun time because you were in Tuscaloosa. Uh, uh, I had a fun time because I was watching college football. I don't know if I give that credit to Tuscaloosa. I'll be glad to never be there again. I had a – I don't know. I've been there. It was pretty cool if you ask me personally. Uh, well, compared to Fayetteville, maybe, but, you know. Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing for Ole Miss in this game was they never got the run game going. So that threw off the RPOs. So, I mean, like you said, Lane Kiffin got pants yeah. on national TV. They they going to go back to the drawing board. They definitely didn't get that run game going, and that was obviously the crux of this. Let's just talk about this first drive for Ole Miss because that's the one highlight of the game, I think, for Ole Miss. Uh, man, three fourth down conversions. Pat, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you get the first two, and then you don't get the third one inside the five-yard line, and it's just like after Alabama goes back down the score, just demoralizing. It obviously affected Ole Miss. I mean, for me, it I, – full believer in the analytics you know if it's if it looks like it's going to be a good call go for it i'd rather have a coach take the chance than you know not take the chance yeah however 
if you're in the red zone, I feel like you're playing Alabama, you take the points, get something on the board just so you build that confidence up. That was the only issue I had with it, but I, I like the gutsy calls. Yeah, I, I like him too, and honestly don't even blame him for going for it on the fourth and one side to five. It, look, hindsight 2020, should they have gone for the field goal? Yes, but again, that's hindsight 2020. Of course we're going to say that. At the time when I was watching, though, I was like, yeah, go for it. I mean, you should, hey, it's fourth and inches. Almost just needs to be able to get it. That I mean, that's terrible. First of all, Matt Corral should have kept it. Second of all, Olmans needs to go under center there and just do a QB snake. I mean, I get that the new age football is all in the shotgun, but they've got to. I feel. I feel like every team needs to have an under center formation that they run at least one, two, three times a game. So when you're in those quarterback sneak situations, that it's not a dead giveaway. I agree with Bill wholeheartedly there. Yeah, because I mean, I, that's 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 absolutely true, and I think actually. Snapping the ball from under center is a great way to throw an entire defense off. If you want to go back a week, go look at that Arkansas-Texas um, A&M game. Look at what uh, Arkansas was able to do on that uh, uh, misdirection play. Yeah. Just from putting K.J. Jefferson under center, they stacked the box, threw it out to a wide receiver. Uh, Traylon Burks goes downfield, and just like that, yeah. it's, uh, I, it's I, a pretty decent game. I get that it's not their offense, it's not their scheme to do that, but I feel like you're just taking out one, probably one of the most effective plays in football history, the quarterback sneak, just because you never run under center. So I don't think it affects the offense too much. If you just run under center two, like two to three times a game, that at least gives the defense enough, to, one, for more, to prepare for more, and so when you want to record or want to do a quarterback sneak, it's not just a dead giveaway. Do you remember the last time Ole Miss did a QB sneak, though? Like, have, have they done one this season at any point? Uh, I, would, I would have to they say had, no, but it's... They, uh, they I have had some uh, QB draws and uh, no QB sneaks. Yeah. A QB draw is different, though. That's from the shotgun, empty backfield, yeah. the spread. Uh, are we uh, Are we are we good with this game? I think, yeah, I think we can move on yeah. to Arkansas-Georgia. But, yeah, just get, do you all have any closing thoughts on this game? Just uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think Ole Miss, like you said, kind of got pants in this game. I don't think that's going to let – that's – I don't think it's going to affect them long term. I think they're going to move on and continue to be a really good team. Um, I don't think that Alabama is going to be phased or was going to be phased by this one way or another. It's a Nick Saban coach team. Um, I think they move on and uh, probably don't lose a game until they play Georgia. Yeah, uh, I think uh, this next week is going to be really telling for both of the teams. Um Arkansas and Ole Miss, whoever wins this game or whoever loses this game could really be looking down the barrel of a little bit of a losing streak that they otherwise wouldn't go down just because after, I'm sure for Arkansas and Ole Miss, these demoralizing losses and then losing what should be a 50-50 game, it, it, a, probably a close one, two demoralizing losses in a row, whoever they play next could be tough. And I assume, just yeah. to be clear, we didn't go over this. Are we just going to go over uh, like what teams need to do to win and go over the games at the end? We're we're going to go over the uh, yeah. We're going to talk about all the uh, all the games that are happening this upcoming week. 
um, and, and name and podcast. Okay, sorry. Because just to be clear, we usually do it at the end of each team, but here, but since we're changing up the format, we're not. Yeah. Just being, all right, so let's move on to Arkansas, Georgia, another stinker. Yeah, um, I guess I should start with this, and we'll start by covering Arkansas. Arkansas just really, there's shooting yourself in the foot, and then there's taking your entire head off with a shotgun at the, at the start of a game. Sorry for the graphic uh, statement there, but that's the only thing I can think of to describe how badly Arkansas hurt themselves at the beginning of this game. Were they ever going to win this game? Probably not, but you have to admit, going into this game, there had to be some level of hope, especially for the Sam Pittman coach team. Yeah, for sure. But I still just, I mean, going down 21-0 to zero all by your own design, essentially, because, yeah. real, again, like I said, they really just shot themselves in the foot, like, and there was nothing else to say about it. Uh, a blocked punt, obviously that doesn't do good. A, a, four, a three and out where they just looked dreadful. Um, and then obviously um, let just basically letting Georgia walk down the field because honestly Georgia did exactly what Arkansas aims to be hopefully soon, which is play bully ball and just yeah. beat them around the bush. So I want to uh, preface this by saying that not many teams match up well versus Georgia, but I think Arkansas especially matches up very poorly against Georgia just because I like K.J. Jefferson, but there's no – he. I don't think he's a great thrower of the ball. And without being able to have an above-average passing game when it's all run and Georgia can just sell out on the run, I didn't think Arkansas had much of a chance. I think – Personally, but KJ Jefferson can throw the ball, but it is very, like Will said, reliant on their ability to run the ball, and they just they never let Arkansas have that. So, yeah, absolutely. Anything else on the Arkansas side of this? Um, Pat, do you have anything to say? Um, I was honestly a, a little disappointed uh, for Arkansas's offense, and, and I mean they're. Defense, it played, eh. but their their offense just to me didn't get going. And I mean, especially the run game. Like as soon as Arkansas couldn't get that run game going, it was game over for them. Yeah, and uh, let's just talk about the Traylon Smith comments before the game and how that uh, aged poorly. Check. check I actually didn't see this, so this is oh. New so it was talking about uh, basically. I think he just did some laughing emojis, and he maybe said something else when George's Malik Herring. I think that's his name. I'm probably butchering that, but uh, he just commented said no one, like no one needs to be in our end zone. What like at all? And then Traylon Smith just quoted that like laughing, obviously saying that we're going to put up a lot of points on you, kind of implying that. And then obviously they scored zero points. So I feel like that's definitely a point of pride for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, just being blatantly honest, Arkansas is playing well this year, but they're not good um, talent-wise uh, compared comparatively to Georgia, especially. <laughs> good observation. Uh, they match up well, huh? Good observation. Thank you. Um, <laughs> astute, some may say. But I don't really want to talk about Arkansas as much right yeah. now. I do want to see what y'all think about this absolutely dominant performance from Georgia. Yeah. I'll start with I'll start here. They are now five and zero and still ranked second in the nation. 
obviously narrowly avoiding the upset versus Arkansas, 37-0. One note for this game, Georgia did this without their starting quarterback. <laughs> JT Daniels did not play in this game, which is insane. Uh, he did suit up, though. I feel like that was for more emergency purposes, but obviously Stetson Bennett gets the start for the Bulldogs. He didn't do much. He threw 11 passes in total, 7 for 11 for 72 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. And that just kind of shows you what Georgia could do. I mean, they didn't even have to try to win this game, it seems like. Georgia gained 345 yards on the ground. Uh, pretty insane, if you, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, again, bully ball. That's what it is. I mean, Arkansas just got dominated through the trenches. Uh, obviously, Georgia, what is it that uh, Shane Beamer said earlier in the year? Yeah, the about the <laughs> the five stars across the defensive line that can do cartwheels or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, that's how I feel about it. I'm, yeah. Again, as an Arkansas fan, I'm not mad that we lost this game. No, if, if, I'm, if I'm an Arkansas fan, like, I really don't even – think about this game, I'll just forget about it and move on just because, look, would it have been nice to be able to upset a team like this? Yes, but you can't be comparing yourself to Georgia in year two just because you had a good start. You know what I'm saying? It, it, that doesn't really yeah, line we up. Good, we had a good start, and it's something to build off of, but we were yeah. never going to be Georgia. Yeah, exactly. It's just a few highlights of this game. Obviously, the punt block touchdown that Pretty much sealed it going up 21-0 for the Bulldogs. I mean, after that, it seemed like the game was pretty much sealed and delivered. Um, also, if anybody saw the Zamir, Zamir White rushing touchdown, that was a pretty insane touchdown because he was, like, gliding across the ground at the 10-yard line. Somehow kept his balance and just fell into the end zone, which was just – that's the kind of athletes Georgia has. I mean, that proves the point of never skip leg day. Right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A few other notes. Georgia dominated the time of possession, 36 minutes to 23 minutes. The defense only allowed 162 yards to the 54th ranked offense in the country, who I'm assuming this offense was ranked. This is post-game, obviously. I think the offense was probably ranked a little higher than that going in. So, closing thoughts about the Georgia-Arkansas game. Um, Georgia... Just keeps rolling, and I think Arkansas is going to be looking towards looking to build on uh, a good season uh, and try and, as Sam Pittman said, not let Georgia um, beat him next week. Yeah, Georgia looks, I mean, yeah, Georgia looks elite. Arkansas just keep on moving. So, moving on, I guess we have the Auburn LSU game. Let's talk about it. All right, start us off. Well, um, this game had. It's fair share of highlights, and I actually really enjoyed watching this game through all the way through. I don't care that it was two stinker teams, really, and probably you know two teams that really I wouldn't, were in contention this year. I wouldn't call them stinker teams, just not just kind of middle of the pack, I guess. Lower middle, middle of, the of the pack teams. Yeah, the, the I mean, they may have been all for nothing, but man, was this game fun to watch and. But again, let's start off with Auburn. Bo Nix had a coming out party in this game. Ah, uh, 255 yards, a touchdown, and then obviously 74 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He looked solid throughout. Well, I don't want to say solid throughout. He struggled at the beginning of the game, but after being benched for what was essentially one drive, 
uh, for TJ Finley. Uh, TJ Finley was then put happily back into the nice, cozy seat that was kept warm for him by Bo Dix. And then Bo Dix came out and proceeded to, well, win them the game. The score was tw- uh, the score was 24-19 Auburn, by the way. Just I know we haven't said it yet. Yeah, sorry. I was just setting up the storyboard, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, uh, obviously, I enjoyed this game a lot. Um, and I, I don't know. I think, I think Bo Nix looked really, really good this He game. definitely made some Johnny Manziel-esque plays. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny that. Like, the amount of running around and just passing and finding somebody was insane. You don't, you haven't seen that from, oh my goodness, I just stuttered. You haven't seen that from Bo Nix in the past, ever. That's what we expected Bo Nix to be out of high school. And yeah. to be honest, this is the first glimpse we've had of it. And I'm incredibly happy for him because I think Bo Nix didn't just buy himself another quarter. He probably bought himself another game. Yeah, which is good. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if you see if they're playing next. It might be better better for him to sit out, but uh, yeah. Well, you know. But yeah, about about this about this game, uh, it was it was definitely a a close one, lower scoring than I probably thought it was. Uh, yeah, uh, what do y'all think? Um, like I said, it was just fun to watch. Like even though it, it was low scoring, it always felt like there was something going on. Uh, I actually thought the quarterbacks in this game looked pretty good, despite you know statistics. Uh, there was one pass. Uh, I mean, I know I'm moving on to uh, LSU, but I mean, well, before we move on to LS, LSU side of this game, I guess, is there anything else y'all want to comment on about uh, Auburn? I mean, Bowenix just, we always, we, we count him out, and then he, he pulls this off. Uh, the first win in Death Valley for the Auburn Tigers, uh, I think, since 1999. Oh yeah, that's right. It's been. A, I think it's. I thought it was even longer than that, or nineteen eighties or something. Yeah, that's insane. That Auburn hasn't won there in that long, and that's obviously a big win. I mean, this is a huge win for Auburn if we're being real. Um, after looking pretty poor against Georgia State, to come into Baton Rouge late at night and then still take a win—that's really impressive. And again, I know this LSU team isn't the LSU teams of the past two years or, well, I guess 2019 or – it's not a great LSU team, but it's still an amazing win to go down to Baton Rouge and Death Valley and win that game. No Comments, anybody? No? Mama? <laughs> I thought you had more to say. I'm no. sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to LSU. Talk about a hot seat. Talk about a hot seat. I don't know if it's hot anymore. I think the I think the, the timer's gone off. It's 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 ready. You just got to pull them out of the oven at this point. And let me tell you, Edo is getting fired. Probably he's got two or three games left. Do y'all know what his buyout is? It's tw- I think it's around twenty million dollars. Yikes! He may not be getting fired. Yeah, he definitely needs to be. I know Tiger Droppings has definitely started to compile its hot boards. <laughs> are you serious is that actually happening yeah ti- yeah absolutely well it's a message board of course it's happening <laughs> it's really called tiger droppings yeah it's like that's... a let i'm pretty sure that's like the legendary lsu message board i'm all about that yeah i know right i love that well 
let's talk about LSU a little bit more. They started off this game incredibly hot, but coming out of the half, honestly, I mean, obviously only scoring six points in the um, in the third quarter and then being blanked in the fourth, Auburn uh, scoring or allowing Auburn to score fourteen points. I mean, Edo just no one on this team respects him. Is uh, what is the vibe that I get? I don't know about that. I- I don't. I, don't know if I just don't. His home respects him anymore. I'm not sure his dogs respect him. His, I, I mean, his wife's already left him. Hey, apparently, apparently the women in Baton Rouge respect him because apparently, like in Tiger Droppings, or no, there's another message board strictly dedicated to the girls Ed Ogeron gets with every week. Huh. Go Are look at. It. Go look at it. Uh, you might have to actually pay for it, but go look. It's pretty amazing. Go just okay. Well, this turned into an LSU message board segment. Just go look at it. It's really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty great. You may have to pay for some of it. I don't know if that's worth it for you, but if it is, it's amazing. <laughs> is it like fan fiction stuff, or is it like legitimate? No, it's legit. Oh, I mean, obviously, no. Like, there's actually pictures of Ed Ogeron with girls out. Just so we're clear here, by the way. LSU is such an uninteresting game this year. It really uh, is. That we're literally talking. I mean, this is a great game. Don't be wrong. And if you haven't watched it, watch it. At least go watch the highlights. But let me tell you right now, LS, LS, LSU's message boards seem to be more interesting than this football team. LSU message boards are I amazing. Love Max Johnson. Max Johnson's awesome. I, I don't love Max Johnson, but I guess we can talk about that as our LSU talk. I'm not sold on Max Johnson. You scored 19 points against Auburn. At home, with all the advantage you could ever have. I don't know. I think I, I personally like Max Johnson a well, lot. You're personally stupid, so uh, I can't help you. Well, he's only a sophomore, so there is also that. Yeah, I feel like in the SEC, if you're not good by your freshman year, then you're just not good. Well, I, I mean, look. I mean, Brandon Allen wasn't good until his junior senior year, and right now he's playing in the NFL. Is he playing? I mean, whenever someone needs a backup quarterback, they give him a call. All right, all right. Is that all we got for this game for LSU? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have the stats up in front of me, so I can't really tell you how they did. But Jack should. Do you, Jack, do you have any stats for us? For for which one? LSU just kind of how they ran the ball, how they passed the ball, just storyline. Uh, yeah, I can I can give you the stats. I've got them right in front of me actually. So let's talk about LSU's run game. Obviously, it was abysmal. Their leading rusher had 22 yards, and the team itself had 26 carries for 11 yards. Yeah, seems like their offensive line that that's got to be a problem. Uh, look, Ed Ogeron is just a sitting duck. He may last one more year, but he's getting fired after that. So let's just go ahead and move on. What game we got next? Um, I guess it'd be Florida Kentucky, and then we're gonna be taking a break. All right, let's start off with the Florida Gators, or who are now three. No, I think we should start off actually with with an apology here from Will to Pat. <laughs> yeah, you will get no apology. The Florida Gators are now three and two and tenth in. <laughs> are three and two? I, I wrote down tenth in the nation, but they're definitely twentieth. I think they dropped ten spots, is what happened. But they're, they dropped to three and two, which is obviously disappointing after. Pretty a pretty demoralizing loss to the Kentucky. Respect to Kentucky, by the way. Um, and you're for Dan Mullen. They shouldn't be losing these games, in my opinion. They did lose. The end score of this game was 20-13. to 13. Kentucky coming out on top. Obviously, the big swing moment of this game 
was the field goal kind of I think it was in the third quarter. Florida had it was 13 to 10. Florida was kicking a field goal to go up six points. The field goal gets blocked and returned for a touchdown. Kentucky goes up and really never relinquishes the the lead the rest of the game. And it was kind of over at that point, even though Florida did have a chance within uh, the last minute. They had probably five, six, seven attempts at the end zone, and between bad play calls, false starts, Florida just couldn't get it done. Uh, Florida had 15 penalties for 115 yards, which is really the story of this game. I've seen a lot of false start jokes because that's a lot of what the penalties were. But Florida really killing itself because uh, I I think I have some stats here. Florida won the time of possession, 36-23. They had eight more first downs, split the turnover margin, and outgained Kentucky by 160 yards and still lost the game. Yeah, because they had 115 yards of penalties. Exactly. I will say I have a rushing stat here. Yeah, as far as the rushing woes, they had 39 attempts for 171 yards, which averages out to a little over four yards per carry, which I guess isn't too bad. But when you have that many penalties and you're starting behind the the yards, or when you're starting at first and 15, you need a little bit better than uh, averaging four yards per carry. A little stat here, Emory Jones was 23 of 31 for 203 yards, one touchdown and one interception. So... I guess you've got to say that's a pretty lackluster performance from Emory Jones. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, he didn't put up the numbers. Uh, he, well, he didn't put up numbers enough so to to beat Kentucky, which I think it was hard to say that you weren't at least thinking Kentucky was going to win this. Uh, or it was hard to believe that going into this weekend that Florida was going to lose this game. I thought they were just – they just had more talent, but I definitely personally believe that Kentucky had a shot because Kentucky also has talent, just maybe not to that level. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, like Will said, Emory Jones just had a bad game. I don't. Um, I don't think he played bad. I just don't think. I almost think like Dan Mullen. I, I put this loss on Dan Mullen. I don't even put it on Emory Jones, and I. I, I guess there's going to be a lot of. Uh, Anthony Richardson talk now that they lost a game, a game they really shouldn't have lost. I think it's completely they're on. Out of the, they're out of the college football playoff contention. While Kentucky still technically has a whip. Yeah, okay. Um, I will say, uh, just get, kind of getting to Kentucky, they are Hawaii 5-0, and ranked 16th in the nation, finally getting ranked after upsetting Florida. Um, I My prediction for this game was 28-14 Florida. So it was, again, this was definitely a shock to me on how – See, here's the thing. I don't even think Kentucky looked that good. Will Levis was 7 for 17 for 87 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Chris Rodriguez had 19 rushes for 99 yards. Very bad interception, by the way. Yeah, so. Terrible. Yeah, so, like, those stats are not impressive. Their offense put up 13 points. I'm not. Like, I'm not sold on this Kentucky team, and that's why I had them sixth in my power ranking still, because. Again, I think Florida just choked, and their offense has really struggled ever since week one. I will say that MVP for Kentucky here is their defense and special teams. Starting with special teams, the clear winner with the field goal return. And then the defense ranked, I think Kentucky's defense is ranked, oh, 10th in the nation. So that Kentucky defense is obviously the catalyst for this. Can that help them the rest of the year? I guess we'll have to see. 
Um, do you think Will Levis steps up at all at this point, or do you think this is this is what you got? So here's the thing: Will Levis came from Penn State as a backup. So everybody put all these expectations on him because he had a big arm and he had a great week one. But ever since then, he's looked kind of bad. So could it change? Yes, but he was a backup for a reason, I guess. So Do you think it was a polished thing or do you think it was like he just doesn't have it? I just don't think he has it. And I could be wrong. He could totally change. But um, look, at, I will say, looking back on when we asked for what does Kentucky need to do to win this game against Florida, my two things were will Levis be a difference maker or will Levis has to be a difference maker. And that just wasn't the case. He was borderline. I mean, he was bad. Will Levis was bad. So, uh, and, and, and they still won the game because my second thing I put was contain Emory Jones and make him beat, beat you with his arm, which they did and he didn't do. So, uh, props to Kentucky on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, last thing before we kind of move along and I'll give you all the closing thoughts here. Um, one comment from Mullen is that after the game he said um, he got a lot of heat for this. He's, the quote was, they had 382 or no, we had 382 yards and they had 211. Talking about his offensive woes, um, he's kind of dismissing that their offense only put up 13 points, and obviously he caught some heat for that on Twitter, saying, "Yeah, you put up all those yards, but you still lost the game." So, yeah, that I feel play calling can make or break a coach's yeah, career. I feel like Dan Mullen just but not a great time to say that. But what are y'all cl- closing thoughts on this game? Obviously, a big upset for Kentucky. I do think Kentucky is the real deal. I think Kentucky, they're not a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but they are definitely a con- they're a th- they're a threat to every SEC team that isn't Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, Kentucky in the uh, SEC championship game? Question mark. Uh, that would be something else. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that would that, that, that I would not be opposed to it. That would be something I'm very open to seeing. Yeah. All right. Is, is that good for the Kentucky Florida game? Any... I think it is, and I think it's time for us to take a break. All right. Let's take a break. All right. Getting right back into it, we're going to start off with Mississippi State and Texas A&M, which was a pretty good game. Jack, tell us about it. Well, I guess we'll start off with Will Rogers. Um, 46 of 59, pretty freaking great. 408 yards and three tutters. Um, can we just talk about that for a second in and of itself? Like, is that – that's beautiful. It is. It is. is becoming the quarterback that Mississippi State needs. And I don't think uh, we expected him to be that at the beginning of the season. But he's looks – I mean, if we look at his stats for yeah. the season – I don't think you can look off a Mike Leach coach team and look at his quarterback stats to tell how he played. Because a Mike Leach coach team, someone brought this up, they can have a terrible game and throw for 400 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's just how the offense kind of lends itself to be. I'm not sold on Will Rogers. I think he's an okay quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I I think he's just in a great system. Well, okay, how about the season totals then? 1,800 yards, 14 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Well, that's what I'm saying is this offense lends itself to just being 
pretty amazing. But you go look at the points they've scored. 26, 25, 29, 24, and 35. They've scored over 30 once. That's not good. What I'm saying is that he's been effective with the football. Maybe not effective, but he hasn't been turning over the ball, which was kind of their crux last yeah. year. Was and I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Mississippi State offensive quarterback stats are misleading. I agree. They don't tell the full story. I agree with that, but what I'm saying is, I still think that they are better, or that he is playing better than people. Some people, including yourself, I think, are giving him credit for. Yeah. All right. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was tossing it to y'all. I wanted to hear what y'all thought. I wanted, let's, Pat, what do you think about it? Uh, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. Sorry, I had to take the, the headphones out because I was uh, sneezing. But, uh, you know, I was I was actually pretty impressed with Mississippi State, which, you know, kind of puked in my mouth a little bit saying that. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean... I kind of agree with Will in the fact that, you know, with a pass-happy attack like Mike Leach runs, you know, quarterback play regardless, you know, going 46-59 for 408 yards, you know, you would think there'd be a little more points on the board. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you, you, think, you don't think that and see 26 points. Yeah, I think Will Rogers is a good quarterback for this system. I just, I kind of want to see a little more out of him. Yeah. I, I mean, and I hate to say that because, I mean, the kid was very efficient with the ball. Yeah. But I just, I want to see a little more. Obviously, the Jack keeps forgetting to say the final score, but Mississippi State comes out on top 26-22. to 22, And what was a pretty tight game all the way through? With Actually, well, you already said the, the score. Just to point that out. So that's why I didn't say it. No. Oh. That should be the first thing you say. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was the first thing you said, so I didn't. No, okay. All right. Well, I mean, you, I did <laughs> say it first. Okay. You know, that's a good point. I did say it first. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Brain fart. All right, brain. Let's talk about Texas A&M. The, a team that is spiraling somewhat out of control. Let's, I want to hear what y'all have to say about this first, and then I'll share my thoughts. Um, obviously, that's two losses in a row. You have the loss to Arkansas and then the loss to Mississippi State. Man, it's not the season you expected if you're a Texas A&M fan. And uh, you know what? I don't even if I'm if I'm a Texas A&M fan, I'm pissed. But from an outside perspective, I don't really read too much into it. I think Texas A&M will be fine. I still like Jimbo Fisher as a head coach. I just think he has a young has doesn't have the best offensive line this specific year and also this specific year he doesn't have a quarterback. The one he had, who we don't really know if he was going to be good, but he has to be better than Zach Lozada, who's been garbage. Um, Texas A&M is either going to recruit a better quarterback than what they have because it can't get much worse, or they'll go to the transfer portal and get one there. And then I think this offense will get back to this team will get back to its ways of last year and maybe even better. They will probably get back to what we expected them to be this year. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I, this is not A&M's year. I, I was high on them. Zach Calzada is definitely going to need to graduate with whatever degree he has because he does not have a future at quarterback. <laughs> wow, that was that was a cold-hearted clap. 
slump fist to the wiener there, dude. What the heck? At least, <laughs> at least Adam. I, like, good for you. You made it to the SEC as a quarterback, but don't uh, don't think it's gonna be your day job. Um, <laughs> but it just seems like Texas a and isn't gelling as a team either on offense or on defense. Their front seven seems all out of whack at times. They're not applying enough pressure on the quarterbacks. Um, it's just it, when you think of like synergy and being in sync as a team, like, they, they're just not together. Yeah, I get that. I will say for Texas A&M, it might be a brighter horizon in the future outside of the next game being Alabama. We'll just forget that's about to happen to them. But you have, after that game, you go to Missouri, South Carolina at home, and then Auburn at home. Three very winnable games, which could really get their season back on track. Maybe they have figured something out. At that point, they'll probably be about, let's see, 3-2, and 3-3. Three and three and three. They could end up being 6-3 and three with a chance against Ole Miss, Prairie View, A&M, and LSU to salvage a 9-3 and three season. So, I, obviously, you're not going to an SEC championship. Obviously, you're not contending for playoff spots. But you can still have a very solid year if you're Texas A&M. Hey, how about Isaiah Spiller wasting his last year of college? Oh, that's a shame. What a good, great running back and just a shame. Again, it's it's not wasted yet. It's not as good as it should have been. But if they can still salvage 9-3, and three, which I think is possible. I'm not betting on it. But I, I think it's definitely possible. We'll just have to see. They could, they could still have a good year. I'm cool with that. I like that. I mean, I, I don't think they're right. I don't think they. I think they let go of the rope. It's not good. If you, if they get smoked by Alabama, I don't think that does it. But I think there are some games down the road where they could definitely just end up letting go of the rope entirely. And it's just over at that point. Yeah, that's understandable. Definitely understandable. I, 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 I do not have as positive an, uh, as positive of an outlook as you do. I, I don't either. I'm just trying to look at the pos- the po- possibility of the positive for Texas A&M going into the future. That's fair enough. I respect it, at least. Yeah. Uh, do we want to move on to the next game, then? Yeah, we can move on, which I believe is Missouri or Tennessee at Missouri. Well, I'm going to let you take this one from the top. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and start with Missouri. Um, we, we asked last <laughs> week. Saving the, saving the best yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, well, honestly, it's just how I wrote it down. But uh, starting with Missouri, we asked, what does Missouri need to do to beat the Vols? They said, force three and outs. Don't give the ball to Tennessee. They can and will score in short fields. Well, let's go over that. Force three and outs. Tennessee didn't punt the whole game. Not once. Really? Our punter could have stayed at home. Our punter and long snapper took a picture with the quarterback after the game holding up zeros. It was, yeah. So, so I'm just starting off with that. And obviously don't give the ball to Tennessee. Two picks by Connor Basilak for the second week in a row. Just not very good. Um, Missouri is now 2-3. and three, Obviously after giving up 700 all-purpose yards to Tennessee. Tennessee had... Almost 500 rushing yards alone. The most rushing yards for Tennessee since 1994. Any comment? No, nothing? All right. All right. Anyways. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't know what to say. The game, uh, let me just go ahead and give you the score. Tennessee wins 62-24. to 24. After the first half, 
I mean, after the first quarter, the score is 28-3, to and it was pretty much over at that point. So it, it, this game, Tennessee just kind of came out and whipped it out and stuck it up, you know, just really took it to uh, Missouri here. I will say a little news coming out of Missouri. Jethro Franklin is out at Missouri after five games. He was the defensive line coach, and a lot of fans will probably tell you they want Steve Wilkes falling right behind him. You know, I, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, this is the worst defense in the SEC, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you're Eli Drinkwitz, you're <laughs> uh, Pat, Pat's raising his fist because it's not Ole Miss anymore. <laughs> if you're Eli Drinkwitz, obviously firing a coach in the middle of the season doesn't bode well. Plus the fact that your team basically quit after the first quarter. And I, I don't necessarily blame them, but they quit after the first quarter. So that's uh, not a good sign for Eli Drinkwitz going into the future. And coming into the year, the positivity coming out of this program couldn't do any wrong, and now he's two and three, and they probably all want him gone. If I had to, if I had to guess, a little few Missouri stats. Missouri, or you think the players? Uh, the fans. I, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like I feel like Eli Drinkwitz. I don't know if he's the problem. I think yeah. it's just last year yeah. they got lucky, and it really hit the talent deficiency that they have there at Missouri. Yeah. I'll say I'll say I don't know if the fans want him gone, but they're probably starting to lean that way. If I had to, I know I would, especially after seeing that. If you're an SEC coach, that shan't, that can't happen at home. It can't happen. Connor Bazelak was went 27 for 44 for 322 yards and two interceptions. Tyler Beatty, who was at the top, by the way, that's just not a good game for Connor Bazelak. Good yards, but outside of that, really nothing. Tyler Beatty, who was the, at the top of the SEC in rushing before this week was held to 21 attempts for 41 yards. I mean, Tennessee's defense absolutely pretty much got shut down. Um, I do have to ask one question before I move on to Tennessee, the Tennessee side of this. Is Missouri really this bad? Or, like, will will we see the same Missouri team the rest of the year? Or did they just have a really bad game? They had a bad game, and Missouri is not good. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that with that assessment. Moving on to the tenant. Pat, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? I, I was going to say, I think they're going to play better than they did this past week, but they're they're not great. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah, they they are not who we thought they were going to be. At the they are not who we thought they were. All right, um, starting with the t- my Tennessee Volunteers, Josh Heupel. Just pantsing Eli Drinkowitz and just laying it all out on the table, calling a perfect game. The two turnovers were forced by Jeremy Banks and Jalen McCullough, two picks on the Tigers, and that obviously got Tennessee up 28-3 to in Missouri's will to win was gone. Hendon Hooker hit the deep ball uh, when they were presented. The early shot to Javante Payton down the seam was beautiful. Go back and watch it because that's probably the last deep ball you'll see a Tennessee quarterback hit the rest of the year. Um, I will say Tennessee does have their starting quarterback, like unmentioned starting quarterback. It's no longer will Joe Milton come back in the fray. Unless Hendon Hooker gets hurt, he's your starting quarterback, and I'm happy with that as a Tennessee fan. He's very solid. He went 15 for 19 for 225 yards and three touchdowns with 80 rushing yards. And again, speaking of rushing, Tennessee had, I think it was 458 rushing yards in this game, which is, that's insane. I mean, 
That's insane. I, I don't even know what to say. And I will say, even though this Missouri team's not very good, and that's clear because of their defense, their offense is still solid. Going to, I mean, they they have Connor Basilak, Tyler Beatty. They were very solid, and Tennessee held them to 17 points. I know that Missouri got 24, but that's because of a kick return. So, um, yeah. And before I get to closing thoughts, just want to mention one more time because this is insane. The Vols didn't punt one time. And again, I know it's the second time I said it, but that's ridiculous. Uh, that's hard to do in the college game these days. I mean, yeah. Yeah, gotta get gotta give the balls props. Absolutely, and I will say I will say just airing a grievance here. Tennessee should have scored in the seventies, but they kind of took two touchdowns away from us. Uh, we had a running back like reach the ball across the line clearly, but they didn't call it a touchdown. I feel like out of pity, but you know it is what it is. All right, y'all's closing thoughts on the Tennessee Missouri game. Um, I think Tennessee looks good. Missouri looks. I think you said it right the first time. Uh, Missouri got pants. Yeah. Got, got them exposed for what they really are. Yeah. Tennessee definitely took advantage of Missouri's weak run defense. I mean, 458 yards, it's still kind of hard to fathom. Yeah. And then Indian Hooker did look cool. He, he looked solid. He looked like he was in as much control of the offense that you could ever see from a quarterback. And then that, that's what Tennessee has been lacking. Yeah, and that translates to 62 points on the scoreboard, and really it could have been much more. Just Josh Heupel kind of called off the dogs there near the end. So yeah, all right, we're ready to move on to the next game, and I guess is the only game we have left: Vanderbilt and UConn. South Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, let's go. Let's go over South Carolina Troy. I totally went past that. So at the beginning of the week last week, we asked. What does South Carolina need? What do they have to do to beat Troy? My two things were continue their solid defensive performance, winning 23-14. to 14, I'd say that is the case. Would you all agree? Yes. And then I will say they have to establish a running game. Haven't really done it all year. And in that case, they didn't. Um, I think one thing that's still troubling me about the South Carolina team, it was better this week, but... Kevin Harris, the starting running back, still only got 11 rushes for 47 yards, and that's terrible. It's just better than it has been, which is garbage, if you ask me. Um, again, this Troy defense was is a top-five defense in the nation, so I don't know how to look at this, but Troy is not a good team. And, and again, congratulations to South Carolina for winning this game. They're now 3-2 and two with you know, I guess a tough road ahead. Uh, they've got all their easy wins out of the way, and we'll just see what happens in the future. So, do y'all have any thoughts on this game? Luke Doty went twenty for thirty-four, two hundred fifty-five yards and one touchdown. So nothing really special there. Just meh. Oh well, I'm proud of the uh, the fighting shame beamers. Uh, <laughs> good, solid, solid win for the uh, the the little little game cops that could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're my, they're my Cinderella story this year, so I'm proud of them. Uh, Luke Doty looked good, getting back in the rhythm. Run game needs to step up. I yeah. mean, that was pretty disappointing against. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will say, team in Troy. South Carolina's continued to have their turnover woes as they had two fumbles, which I mean, that's going to get you beat against a good team. I know it's Troy, so they can get away with that. Also, their defense did force four turnovers versus Troy, so. 
Obviously, that's a big deal. It's great by the defense. I like this defense. They're actually ranked 26th in total defense in the nation. So, I mean, that's good. Their offense is so bad. I don't know if it's good enough to keep them in games, but, you know, we'll see. Hello? Anybody home? Oh, God. I, I, I know you were done, man. Well, I'm not talking. You sound like you're about to say something else. If I'm not talking, I'm done. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, um... obviously, I, South Carolina. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a game I didn't watch. It's South Carolina versus Troy. We're into SEC play. So whenever we see these games, we're, uh, look, we're not going to read that much into them. It's Troy. It is great for South Carolina to get a win. They have a winning record. Probably the last time they're going to be able to have that this year. So I guess enjoy it while you can. Uh, Well, I mean, they do have an interesting matchup, which we'll get to later. But let's move on to the greatest game of all time, and that's Vanderbilt versus UConn, who were in an absolute shoe-op. Nail-biter, man. Nail-biter. Vanderbilt improves to 2-3. and After beating UConn, uh, these two teams might have been awful, but it was kind of fun to watch. I was watching it on the way home from the Alabama Ole Miss game. Vanderbilt wins the game 30-28 to on a last-second walk-off field goal. This is big time for Vandy because this is most likely their last win for at least a year. He's right. That's the saddest part about it all. He's right. <laughs> Like you look at the you look ahead at this Vandy schedule. There's just not a win on here unless there's some unless a team doesn't show up. I don't know. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. I will say that uh, I, I believe I could be wrong because I didn't obviously look that hard into it. I'm pretty sure UConn's starting quarterback got hurt in like the first quarter. So it was this close to the game with UConn's backup quarterback in the game, which is. Even sadder than it needs to be. I just don't know how Vandy got this bad, man. I mean, you know, Vandy's most wins they've had in any season is nine. Uh, no, it's eight. No, they went nine and three with James Franklin. Did they really? Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they went nine and three with James Franklin. I, I could be I wrong. I could be. That, I, I, I want to say that the most I ever saw was eight. Yeah, I could be I'll wrong, but maybe it was like a nine and four. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, hey, eight and four for Vandy's a national championship year. All right, that covers all of our recaps of the games. Now we can look ahead to the upcoming games this week and kind of preview, give our predictions, go over some betting lines, and have a lot of fun. This is the fun part of the podcast. Let's get into it. You ready? Yep. I'm not pausing, so we're just going straight forward. Well, uh, let's talk about the first game that comes to my mind, at least personally. Wait, wait, hold Uh, up, hold up. I I have them in order of time. Do you just want to go in that order? Nope, I want to go in the order that I have them. All right, anyways. Okay. (laughs) For those that don't know, Will made a whole list of things, and we kind of changed it up last minute just because we thought we, we, we liked this format a little bit more. I, I wanted to do it. I just hadn't set up anything that I worked on in that way, which just made it pretty difficult. So I'm sorry if this didn't work out as smooth as it will be in the future. So it just is what it is. Uh, yeah, just tell me the game, and I'll give you the time and channel it's on. Arkansas versus Ole Miss. And that's going to be on ESPN at 11 a.m., and this is a juicy one. The 
the battle of the misfits here. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see why you say that. But no comment. <laughs> I, I was I was trying to get at y'all. Obviously, we have an obviously we have an inter podcast matchup here, which is going to be great. Pat Ole Miss and Jack Arkansas, the two Stooges here. I want to see y'all battle it out. Attention to our power rankings, but I believe we had Tennessee at nine, both Arkansas and Ole Miss probably top six. I mean, probably will uh, both of y'all. So, from the absolute stutery that is Will, uh, let's talk about the lines for this game. Ole Miss favorite six and a half, uh, money line 260, and then the uh, over under 66. Yeah, I'll let y'all I'll, I'll fight it out here. I want to hear what Pat says first. You know, I, I'm actually, like, I think this is probably the best SEC matchup of the weekend. Um, you know, it's, we're fighting for second place in the SEC West right now. Um, Which is crazy, by the way. Yeah, going back two years with Chad Morris and uh, Matt Luke. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about Matt Luke. <laughs> Who would have thought we would be here? Started from the bottom, now we're here. That's true. We are fighting for second in the wow. In the I mean, hey, nice consolation prize for the Sugar Bowl this year. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna disrespect but, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State like that. They're still in it. And Mississippi State can run hell for all I can. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's already hit my compliment for the week. That's it. That's all they get. <laughs> But I, I feel like it's going to be a uh, a good, fought, hard-fought game um, between the Reds and the, the Razorbacks. Um, I am going to go on the uh, the bandwagon of my, my alma mater and say, oh, this is going to win this game. And it's going to be uh, – do, do I get the score? Go ahead. Yeah, give the score. 42-35, Ole Miss. Whoa, okay. 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 High scoring affair. I'm actually going to go – a little bit tighter. I'm going to say that Ole Miss wins this game, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Wow. Um, Jack, the Arkansas fan, going with Ole Miss. I I rate Ole Miss so highly, and I just can't justify anything different. I agree. Uh, because I, mean... I do believe that Ole Miss is genuinely better this year. Um. But granted, Arkansas beat this team silly multiple years in a row, like when they just didn't deserve to. So I'm not counting Arkansas out per se. I just think that that Ole Miss offense is so good, and while Arkansas defense is very good, I'm not sure it's good enough to stop them enough to give KJ enough time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm my prediction. I agree with the fact that I think Ole Miss is better. But also agree with the fact that Arkansas tends to play Ole Miss very well. So I'm going 31-30, Arkansas edging Ole Miss out in this one. All right. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be mad or wish everyone would pick this game. I, everyone I, acknowledges that this is probably going to be one of the better games yeah. of the week. I, I have, How do y'all feel about that spread, by the way? I wanna, what was the spread again? Six and a half. And who's, who's favorited? Sorry? Ole Miss. Uh, see, I, I think Ole Miss could win by a touchdown. 
I really think yeah, they could. I, I, I feel like it's a fair spread at this point. Yeah, I, 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 maybe a little too high on Ole Miss because, again, I am still high on Arkansas. Again, they played them well. I have Arkansas basically winning on like a game-winning field goal type game. I can see it coming down to that. But so let's, let's just close these two out by asking the question, What does Arkan- just one thing, what's Arkansas have to do to win this game? Um, run the ball well enough to open up passing lanes for KJ. I, I think it's more of do what try at least attempt to do what Alabama did and just take the passing game away from Ole Miss and just try to make them beat you on the ground if it's possible. Again, it, you know it's they're not Alabama, so we'll see. But I, if they can do that, I think they win. Uh, biggest thing for Arkansas disrupt disrupt the timing on offense. The offense is based on tempo for Ole Miss. It is everything has to be like clockwork. So if you disrupt that timing, they've got a good shot at uh, making Matt Corral uncomfortable and beating them once yeah. again. All right. So what? What's just one thing Ole Miss has to do to beat Arkansas? Reestablish the run game. They went away from it going up against Alabama. There's a big part of why they couldn't get anything going on offense. Reestablish the run. You can start running those RPOs more efficiently and uh, if you get the run game going the offense starts humming like the fine you know yeah. imported sports car yeah. that is that offense yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm the first hundred thousand miles then falls apart i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna agree with jack here i mean not jack um What's Pat? Uh, yeah, I, I was just gonna. I'm just gonna agree with Pat here. I, I think established the run game. Jack, what do you think? Um, I think all Ole Miss has to do is play a speck of defense. Ole Miss or Arkansas's offense is not fantastic, so all they have to do is just get a few stops and then let their offense do the rest. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. What's the next game we got, Jack? The next game we have is South Carolina, Tennessee. The spread for this game is ten and a half points. Ten and a half points. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll let y'all start with this one. I'm going to say I've got Tennessee winning this. No crap. I mean, Tennessee just looks. Tennessee's got all the momentum. They looks like they finally got something figured out on offense. I think Missouri's a better football team than South Carolina, as as it shows in our power rankings. So I'm going to be saying Tennessee walks away with this one and covers the spread. I will add, by the way, for the first time this season, I will be high on Tennessee. What, and what, I also am all for the uniforms they're wearing. What, what's your score? Oh, my score? Uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee 28, South Carolina 13. Okay. Now we, you did mention the uniforms. I don't think we mentioned it in the podcast, but Tennessee – it has not been announced, but I'm pretty positive Tennessee's wearing black uniforms, black black pants, and I think it's going to be a white helmet with a black face mask, which I'm not sure how it's going to look, but you know I'm going to hold off judgment until I see it. Maybe it's like a black tee, and it, I think that could look nice, but I think just the regular white helmet with the black jersey would look kind of stupid, but we'll see. Um, I'll go ahead and give my prediction. I think Tennessee's going to win 34-20. to 20. I, I I think maybe South Carolina's offense gets some garbage points. I don't see their defense holding Tennessee to too low of a score. I will say the one thing Tennessee has to worry about here is getting – this feels like a perfect game for Tennessee to have a really big letdown because Tennessee had a – 
Obviously a great week this last week. They put up a lot of points. They looked great. Everything went perfect. Well, now you come back home and playing against a team you should win, you should beat, and it just seems like a perfect place for Tennessee, for any team, to just have a complete letdown and just drop a game they shouldn't. So Tennessee definitely has to watch and avoid that. But if they do and they Josh Heifel can get his team ready to play this game, I think they – I'll be at this game, by the way. Tennessee should win 34-20. You know, I'm ready for this one, by the way, because Pat gave me a hint earlier. <laughs> so, Tennessee's riding high, and uh, you know, good old Rocky Top. But I am high on this South Carolina defense. I feel like this is the, the like old old Will was saying that uh, you know this is a perfect time for Tennessee to take a dump and just. You know, not run the table. South Carolina wins 31-28. That's your pet dumbass pick of the week. I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I don't think it's that dumb, by the way. I actually do think it's possible. I just, I, I'm, I, for the once, I'm going to give Will the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to take a dump on him. See, live on the I actually, look, I don't hate the South Carolina pick because I, I just feel it coming, like Tennessee, just a massive letdown. This is where Pat, this is where Josh Heibel needs to show that He's a pretty good coach because a good coach needs to uh, keep, obviously keep their team confident, but also not too cocky. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously Tennessee just had a perfect weekend, and it seems like a perfect place for Tennessee to stumble here. Now, I will say the only problem with your prediction that I see is if South Carolina were to win, I feel like it's going to be a lot lower scoring game probably in this like Tennessee in the teens and South Carolina in the low 20s, just because I don't see South Carolina's offense putting up 30 points against anybody. Can I just say that they might have done it this year? Well, they did against the first game, but outside of that, South Carolina's offense has put up 20, 13, 10, and 23, and they're probably playing, playing the best defense outside. Well, Georgia-Kentucky, I, I feel like Tennessee's defense lately has been somewhat close to Kentucky, so I feel like that's about what you're going to see um, you know, I, I don't like that offense putting up 31 points. But, again, let's just very quickly here because we spent a little bit of time. Um, what, does Tennessee, what does Tennessee have to do to win this game? I'll just kind of do this by myself. Um, I think they have to continue the offensive momentum from the Missouri game. They can't sleepwalking, and that's probably my biggest thing. Don't sleepwalk this game. I feel like Tennessee should uh, win this game. The last thing is keep South Carolina's offense in front of you. Don't think they can put. I don't think South Carolina's offense can consistently put together long drives against Tennessee. So as long as they keep Josh Van in front of them, who's their big receiver, um, I think Tennessee will be fine. So what, do, in y'all's opinion, what does South Carolina need to do to win this game? Um, I, I think for South Carolina to win this game, um, they definitely uh, they need to contain that offense. I mean. Tennessee looks competent. Um, they really, I, I feel like I, on a broken record on this, they need to get the run game going because they, that's how you keep the, uh, the long drives going. Um, and if you can't get long drives in, I, I feel like you just, it's a lost cause at that point. You know what they say about long drives? points <laughs> all right jack what, what do you think um well 
for South Carolina to win this game, they're going to need a miracle. Thoughts and prayers. All right, let's move on to the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, go on. Oh, by the way, this game's on ESU, ESPN2 at 11 a.m. Not surprising. surprising. For me, it'll be right in front of my face. All right, let's let's move on. What's the next game? Uh, It's up to you, bro. Oh, I'm calling it? Oh, dang. Georgia. I mean, you have been the whole time. Florida, same thing. I'm going to say Vanderbilt is not. Florida's going to look okay yeah. because they're playing Vandy. It's probably going yeah. to be 56 to 0. <laughs> yeah. Just from a factual standpoint, can we skip this one? Well, let's just go over it really quickly. <laughs> um, what Florida needs to do to win this game, show up. All right, I think Florida wins. <laughs> I think Florida Florida <laughs> wins. Florida's 38 points, by the way. Uh, okay, I have Vanderbilt I have covering that. I have Florida winning 49-14. Uh, wow, you don't have very much faith in Oh, I, think, I, well, I just don't think Dan Mullen just kind of rubs it in teams. I feel like once they get up by 30 points, he just kind of calls off the dogs. He did it last year against Arkansas. Yeah. All right, Pat, Jack, or Pat just give us a prediction. We can move on. 49-7, Florida. All right. What's next? Florida by 90. Uh, Georgia-Auburn. This is another one that's going to be lopsided. Uh, take Georgia in the spread, though. Spread is only... Georgia by uh, 14 and a half. Oh, my God. Yeah, take Georgia all day long. I feel like that's free money. Like, actually, I think that's free money because I have Georgia yeah, winning. Put your savings on that one. I'm putting, a, <laughs> putting a house payment on this thing. All right, Georgia wins 45-10. <laughs> I've got Georgia winning this game. I think, personally, I think Auburn's offense is worse than Arkansas's, and maybe Arkansas had a bad day, but I think Auburn gets blanked here. Georgia wins by forty-two. I just, I just, I just struggle getting predicting SEC teams zero points. It's just very hard to do for me. So I'm, I'm just giving them ten out of mercy. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm salty. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, what? Let's let's go ahead and ask this question. We don't have to do it for Georgia, but what does Auburn need to do to win this game? Um, I'll return to my previous statement. Uh, a miracle is what they need. Oh. But. Probably another Bo Nix performance like they had against LSU, but I don't see that. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? They only put up like 24 versus LSU. I don't think that's getting it done. He needs to play like the highlight reel that he had, and he'll be okay. Yeah, basically every single play. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's going to happen. Um, but I agree. That's probably that's probably what has to happen, so I guess you are right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, all that's right. That's the point of the segment. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, uh, Georgia's team needs to get... Everybody needs to get COVID before Auburn can win this game. They're they're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're so these 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 game predictions for us are so. By the way, insightful. This is the CBS two thirty game. Why? Why? I, I get it's a big rivalry, but this is the weakest rivalry. I think I say I think I said this. This is the weakest rivalry I've ever seen. Like I there's. I don't think either side really cares about this. I, I you know how? Okay, I'm I'm Jack. You're if if anybody who remotely cares about Georgia or Auburn, they're going to murder you. This is a massive rivalry. It's the, I think it's it, the name of it is the South's oldest rivalry. Yeah, it is the oldest rivalry, but I just don't care about this rivalry. No, you don't care. No, 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 you don't care. Uh, Georgia and Auburn fans care very, very much. I'm pretty sure this is second outside of the Iron Bowl for Auburn. 
I mean, this is this is a massive matchup. Now, again, George is going to win. It's not close this year. But to say this rivalry doesn't matter is just hey, just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it's not a massive. It's one of the most boring rivalries I've ever seen in my life. This is on par with Tennessee, Alabama. Except for Auburn wins this game. Every now and again. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just go ahead and move on to the next game. Uh, North Texas, Missouri. I've got North Texas beating Missouri. A whopping 31-28. I have Missouri beating North Texas 35-28. I, I have a little faith in Mizzou. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I'm was. i just looking something up real quick. I have Nor- uh, Missouri winning 42-17. Uh, just a bounce-back game. Now, this is a, one of those games where if Missouri's demoralized and just has quit, if we're being honest, then I guess North Texas can sneak up and beat them, but I don't see that being the case. This game's on SEC Network at 3 p.m. Hmm. I don't know. I still, I've still got... Okay, North just... Texas. Definitely take North Texas in the money line. Definitely take North Texas on the spread... Hey, and, I'm, uh, I'm just throwing this. I'm just throwing this out there. Auburn and Georgia have played 125 times as of 2021. Georgia leads 61 to 56, tied eight times. That's a damn close rivalry. I don't care. Okay. Well, I still you... think it's a stupid rivalry. I, like, I just don't wow. Care. Like, this... You're such a clown. Call me a clown if you want to. This is this rivalry is a joke. It's I mean it's. Stop, who cares? Stop talking. Okay, whatever. Let's. Well, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Georgia and Auburn fans. He's he's, he's, he's he's a clown. Okay. Um, what game we got next? Next. Uh, wait. Oh, oh, never mind. It doesn't really matter. Just trust me. Take take North Texas money line. Uh, take the take the spread. LSU Kentucky. Did we, did, Kentucky what'd you just say? Whatever. You're known duller at this point. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start here. I have Kentucky winning this 24-17, kind of a low scoring, probably late. Uh, the point, the points getting up late a little bit. Maybe both teams score in the fourth quarter as a touchdown to make the score look a little bit higher. Uh, 24-17. I think Kentucky kind of controls the game while the game's never really in doubt, even though it's probably going to be close. I don't trust this Kentucky offense to put up a lot of points. They have been putrid the last three, four weeks, whatever it's been at this point. So I, uh, my confidence is completely shot. I don't like Will Levis. Chris Rodriguez is great, but he has a fumbling issue. So, then, by the way, this game's at SEC Network at 6.30 p.m. in Kentucky. Um, I'm still get, I am still think they're going to be able to be better than LSU. I think their defense is going to shut them down. So 24-17, Kentucky. I got Kentucky winning this game 28 28- to 14. Uh, I feel like Kentucky's run game can keep them on the field longer than LSU. and uh, I feel like Kentucky's defense is more complete than LSU's. So, low scoring affair, but I still have Kentucky coming out on top. Yeah. Jack, what do you think? I have got Kentucky winning this game 20 to 17. Okay, so we're all kind of going low. Pat, what was your score? Uh, 28 to 14. Yeah, so we're all pretty kind of going low in score. Uh, what, what's the over-under in this game? Over-under for this game is three points. UK, uh, Kentucky's favorite. The over-under is three points? 
no, 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 no. I would say, I think, I think I'm taking the over. <laughs> I thought you meant the spread. I'm sorry. 51. Uh, that's a pretty low over-under, so I don't know if I want to touch it. But, uh, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, we all, we all did say that we were essentially taking the under there. We don't think either of these teams yeah. gets into the thirds. Yeah. Also, didn't think the Texas A&M-Mississippi State game was going to be as high-scoring as it was, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on all that. All right, the last game we got is number one, Alabama at Texas A&M for the CBS 7 p.m. game. I think it's going to be a baby club seal, a baby seal clubbing. <laughs> I'm afraid you're correct. I mean, hey, can you speak into the phone? Said, I'm afraid you're correct. Yeah, yeah, I think I am too. The game's not going to be close, nor should it be. Texas A&M hasn't done anything to yeah. prove to be that they're a team that's worth a damn. I think, you be on the same field as yeah, I, I think this one's going to be 45-6 Bama. I think it's going to be 42 Bama. I have uh, Bama winning 69-7. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for that, Pat. <laughs> yeah all right so that pretty much concludes this podcast i thought again that should be a lot smoother because this is the first time we've used this format i think it actually is more effective i like the idea we were just a little bit unprepared as of today so in the future, we'll have that more clean cut for y'all. But I do like it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And if you did, give us a follow on Twitter at around underscore SEC podcast, something like that. Round SEC underscore podcast. Something like that. It's, it's around the SEC podcast on Twitter. Around underscore SEC. Yeah, that, that's what she said. All right. Um, yeah, give, make sure to give us a good rating on Apple Podcast. And if, please, if you enjoyed. And if you didn't enjoy, kind of let us know how we can get better. It helps us out a lot. But that's been me. That's been Jack. And that's been Pat. Um, do you all have any closing any comments? Uh, we'll yeah, go balls. Balls by 50. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah. Uh, whoa, 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 before we end this podcast, do you all want to make a bet? Loser, loser. Yeah, I do. I think if, uh, if or I should say, when Arkansas wins, Pat, uh, we're going to this game next year. No matter the result, you do have to straight across the field. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> is, this, is this a formal agreement? I'm just, I just want to know. For, formal agreement. Let's do it. Okay. Y'all heard, heard it here first. You want to see Pat's dangling going through the field to. Uh, we're, we're talking about naked streaking. I'm assuming that's the only way to do it properly. All right. That'll about wrap up, wrap it up, wrap it up for us. Hope you all have a good day, good night, whenever you're listening to this. See you later.